Okay, I got to start this one with Selena. How are you feeling? I'm good. You're almost 32 weeks pregnant. 32 weeks pregnant. It's uh, from what I hear, it's, it's getting, a rather uncomfortable time. Be that time. Yep. Body's getting ready. It's yeah. The growth is all mass now. <laughs> it's all <laughs> time to bulk, right? Time to bulk. Yeah, it's a <laughs> Get little those bulk. Gains. Get them gains. Uh, Today we're gonna do a, a. I don't know. It's gonna be a fun conversation as usual. We like to have fun with fun this. I know. We're talking about normal. <laughs> like what is normal, healthy marriage? And yeah. I think this comes from we get a lot of questions, people writing in. And they're just wondering what, you know, is this okay? My husband's right. doing this or my wife's doing this or we've been. Or just even in friendships and conversations we've had with people, we kind of gather that they think this is normal to live like this or their marriage relationship can, then communication can be at a certain level and it's fine. And mm -hmm. we're kind of sitting here scratching our heads like, really? Like you guys feel okay? Like this is. Yeah. You, you, really? Like. <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to draw, I guess, some clear lines in the sand saying, hey, this is normal, healthy behavior. And this is not normal, healthy behavior. And and we're going to hopefully draw lines from scripture into the various aspects of marriage uh, fairly quickly. And it should be a good time. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. conversation comes from just the buzz around us that we're hearing but mm. also we were talking about it and we're talking about it kind of in terms of our our book that came out last year the fierce marriage or this year last year uh it was officially this oh my goodness <laughs> I, it was a year yeah a year Life ago happens. april so so yeah. just talking because you know we hear people that have read part of it or whatever and we feel like oh man there's just so much in it that we want to share and a lot of it answers some of these questions of uh you know what what's a good normal healthy way to be married <laughs> and like right. how do you love each other through that do you love each other are you loving each other the right way or the way god would have us and so there's just a lot of questions and tangible things i think that stem from that tangible answers and mm -hmm. resolutions we can kind of walk through but um yeah that's kind of where this conversation came from and a little insight into the podcasting world of us we don't we don't plan out conversations very far in advance. We're going to start trying to do that a little bit with the baby coming because... Usually about a week out or five weeks, Yeah, five but days some out. people have like a, a year planned already, like of topics and stuff. We but like we to don't, flow a little bit more freely. Yeah, yeah, we like to have that freedom, which I think maybe we should schedule anyways and then maybe have the freedom within those schedules already made. Yeah. Um, because it just for topics like this of, you know, man, I've been talking to so-and-so or I feel like this has just been really prevalent mm -hmm. um, and... and people we've been seeing or dealing with or um, interacting with online. And it just seems like this theme that God's just kind of like, yeah. hey, let's talk about this. So we're going to talk about normal, healthy behavior within marriage. But I think more than anything, we're trying to kind of point you in the right direction, knowing that any one of these kind of areas that we talk through, there's a lot of you know psychological evidence for the biblical worldview and what God has already said is healthy. Yeah. Um, what we see in, in psychology and even in some you know neuroscience and even some biology mm -hmm. is the healthy thing is a lot of times right in line. Whatever causes human flourishing is going to be undergirded by scriptural truth. Mm -hmm. 
And so you can kind of go in. If any one of the things we talk about, if anything piques your interest, uh, I definitely encourage you to go deeper into that topic, whether it's communication or intimacy and sex or finances or priorities Mm -hmm. or fighting well, all these sorts of things. So we'll get into that. Uh, First, our housekeeping. Number one, uh, I would love it if you guys, we would love it if you guys would consider uh, partnering (laughs) with us. We are are one. one. (laughs) Consider partnering with us on Patreon. Um, And what I mean by consider is pray. Um, If Fierce Marriage has been a ministry, if if our work has helped you and you believe in seeing the biblical model of marriage made loud and clear in modern culture, we would love to lock arms with you. But we wouldn't want to do that if it's not spirit-led and if you've not prayed to get to that conclusion. So uh, if you'd pray about that, that'd be awesome. If you've already prayed about it and you want to go that route, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Mm-hmm. Anything goes. Really, $2 on up per month really does help. It keeps this thing ad-free and it helps sustain this this ministry. It helps sustain our family, mm-hmm. frankly, but it also pays for things like babysitters so we can record podcasts, which, by the way, we don't have a babysitter today, so we <laughs> might get interrupted. Um, but also just the logistics of getting on all this done. We're hoping to get some um, transcriptions done too. Yeah. So that's the first one. The second one is if you haven't yet, again, if this has helped you, uh, if you'd be so kind to leave a rating and a review on iTunes or Podbean or wherever you stream this podcast, that would mean a ton. It helps us get the word out about uh, uh, what God's doing in lives and marriages. And finally, if you have any questions, we do like to answer those uh, uh, periodically, usually one per episode, uh, go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. There's a button there where you can submit the question online, or you can call or text this number, 971-333-1120. And that is our housekeeping. So Good thank job. you again for joining us. That yeah. Felt, that felt smooth. It's felt smooth while I get <laughs> your approval while you're multitasking, doing, renewing library books online. Not, not renewing. <laughs> I'm putting my library card away. So you were doing it. Sue me. The evidence is there. <laughs> okay, so where did this idea come from, or where did this conversation come from? It, again, like Selena was saying, it's kind of the, the current that we feel, or at least the where the heat is, where the fire is, mm-hmm. in terms of the Fierce Marriage audience, and even in our own personal lives, is you, have you ever been, you know, been talking to a couple, one of two things can happen, and it usually happens in comparison to yourself, um, when you're talking to another couple, is you can be discussing maybe you know your communication Mm -hmm. styles and Mm -hmm. and you're thinking oh wow they talk really they they communicate really well (laughs) they talk good (laughs) they talk good whatever we're doing is not normal yeah right or you hear them and they're like they have one conversation a week and you're like oh that's not normal that's not (laughs) that's not healthy (laughs) and so it kind of and what we've heard the refrain is and the thing that we hear over and over again is people will they just they, they've witnessed a certain behavior given their family of history mm-hmm. or ha- family of origin and their personal history, history and their relational history. They've experienced a certain level of behavior and, and it's just kind of become the default, the de facto normal mm-hmm. in their lives. And it's a lot of times because they haven't seen the beautiful picture of what's possible, mm-hmm. right? They haven't seen what can be Right. Aside from their very myopic view of it. And so we're here to hopefully elevate if that's you or if it's somebody you know to maybe give you the the tools to discuss and talk through that. Yeah, and even paint that picture, I think, of just taking the little steps. I think we can get overwhelmed with even some big ideas and things we might talk about now, but little steps like making date night or date time a priority. You know, I, I can't tell you how many couples that I was so surprised to hear 
they were like, man, we just have not taken time away to just talk about like our marriage, talk about kids, talk about right. like plans and, and what God wants us to do. And I'm just, I'm a little baffled because I, I just assumed that these people lived like, like this was normal for them to just have these conversations, but it's not like, it's not really normal, especially when you mm. have the factor of, of young children um, and your, your, you know, schedules of school and whatnot. It's just, it can go by the wayside so quickly. And I think we just forget that. And if we're not mm. intentional about it, then life just happens. And I don't think that God has, I don't think he wants us to right. let life just happen to us. I think his word calls us to so much more. I have a, I think there's some caveats that need to be said here. And we keep using the word normal, which I think the what, what we should be saying is yeah, which you and I were like, <laughs> yeah, because normal is is relative, right? And that's okay. It's not it's not relativistic to right. say that normal is right. relative. It's well, to we need say, to define what we're saying. But what, yeah. what is not relativistic is health and right. human flourishing. So we the caveat is that we are looking for that that intersection between health, right? We're all looking for health and what's normal, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times, what's normal, it's the average of how we behave, mm-hmm. and it's 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 not in line with what's healthy. And so we are looking at God's word. Okay. So for to instance, be our standard to be of our health, standard of right? health yeah. and human flourishing yes. and relational flourishing, because God set this whole thing up for, for our good and right. for his glory. We say that all the time. Mm-hmm. And so he set up relationships. He set up the world and how things work, even to some extent economics, <laughs> like, you know, in terms of your own right. work life. And when you work hard, like you reap a harvest, that sort of thing. And so normal should be in line with what's healthy and that's Agreed. the that's the premise and so your normal couple might be slightly different from our normal but both can be health healthy mm-hmm. and so i, I just want to think have the that questions are yeah i think the questions are just asking are are the questions that we'll be asking are just us wanting to filter through right and to say okay well we feel like this is normal but if i ask this question is there something that is not feeling like settled or I hate to say it again, normal or healthy. Is there, is there something that is that I'm ignoring here? So trying mm-hmm. to bring to light, maybe something that we can't a blind spot or something we're not seeing um, and being intentional about that. So um, right. again, right. this comes from, you know, fierce marriage, you know, what is it? Mm-hmm. We say fierce marriage, marriage takes a, tena- a fierce tenacity that never gives up and never gives in. And where does that tenacity come from? It comes from God, but how can we live that out? And, you know, it's, truly by knowing God and his word and listening and learning from the Holy Spirit, but also like being in gospel community with people and people that care about you guys right, is so important. And, um, so we I have think, to, we have to, to, to define, you say it comes from God, like a fierce marriage comes from God. Right. Yeah. And then we said, never gives up, never gives in. So yeah. never gives up on the covenant, right. knowing God's covenantal character, never gives in to maybe our fleshly desires or human cultures, kind of the pressures yeah. from the outside. Uh, in terms Which is of hard to do because I think we easily just acquiesce to some cultural norms without knowing really, or we just kind of slide into them so easily. Yeah, well, they become our default, and we'll talk through those. Um, but how do we? Where do we get our foundational stuff? And okay, so we're going to talk through communication. We're going to talk through sex. We're going to talk through all these things. We have big picture ideas from scripture, right? So it goes all the way back to Gen- uh, Genesis two. Mm-hmm. Right, and the two were one flesh. They, they became one flesh. They were naked and unashamed. That idea of perfection existing in the marriage context before sin entered mm-hmm. the world. Genesis three, obviously, is where the fall happens. So all that kind of got derailed, like literally three chapters into the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
the rest of it, we see uh, we we see God giving us instruction for these big areas. We see, you know, obviously in First Corinthians thirteen, the love chapter. What is love? Mm-hmm. Defining love. We see in First John four that uh, we love because He first loved us. We see the aspect of it. We see uh, health in intimate lives. Uh, in like Proverbs five, when he talks about letting uh, let your fountain be for yourselves only, not right. for and others. We're gonna, be scattered. Yeah, we're gonna jump into all of this as well. Hebrews thirteen. I'm jumping even further. <laughs> we, he says, Do, "Let your marriage bed be undefiled, or let it remain pure." Uh, we, we where else we see it? We see it in uh, Ephesians five mm-hmm. uh, when husbands are, are tasked with loving their wives as Christ loved the church, and wives are tasked with submitting to their husbands. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a that. Those are big scary ideas if we don't have the biblical worldview and we don't look at it from from the right perspective right but these things okay god has given us these big ideas given us scripture he's also given us a mind to think through okay what is wise all of proverbs is about wisdom and becoming a person who makes wise choices that's not just in your work life not just in your personal you know thought life it's not just even in your faith it's in how your faith works itself out into mm-hmm. your your personal lives uh, as as a friend and as a spouse so we have all these big ideas um to, to go off of and i think from there finding that healthy those healthy normal rhythms is is up to the holy spirit at work in us it's up to our own our own discernment as holy spirit the holy spirit empowers us but also as our minds um would lead us right because mm-hmm. god has given us minds and he's given us discernment and he's given us his word mm-hmm. anyway go, you ready you're gonna you just, <laughs> just wait for me for you. okay go ahead <laughs> sorry you pulled up another tab so i was like where are we going <laughs> just trying to follow here <laughs> pretty much said our whole podcast and that's all right it's there, been great so until next time shortest podcast <laughs> ever um yeah so again we're, we're gonna go through just kind of three hard questions and our hope is that you will you know, walk away questioning kind of your daily and weekly annual rhythms just in your marriage and in your family, um, and that those questions will come from from truth, from God's Word, and that if there are any lies or assumptions or uh, things that you're thinking are normal and healthy that maybe are not, we pray that, you know, truth would be shown in the situations, and that you would walk away feeling like you can, you're either encouraged or maybe somewhat convicted in your marriage and how you're loving or not loving your spouse and how you're, you know, tending to the garden of your marriage. We talked about that a couple episodes back, but really just, just getting down to the nitty gritty of, am I loving my spouse? Well, do I even understand what love is? Are there areas that I'm just not operating well in? Yeah. I think there's some good questions here from some of them are from our book, but, uh, the first one kind of is just, do you love your spouse like do you guys love each other do you know what that that is Uh, what it means to love each other do you even feel loved like because love is not just a feeling like the objective is is not right right no i think to just feel love right yeah the the it's tragic but it's it happens where we'll have a a husband or a wife write in and they're just like they're describing their marriage and it just becomes so clear that they haven't they haven't felt love in their household in years. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that they haven't they haven't felt love personally. Right. Maybe they haven't toward each other. But it means that maybe the actions of love are void or they're not they're being totally missed or there's just so much happening in their household that they they're, they're fr- just missing each other. Yeah. 
And so I think the question we were asking here, and again, these questions are designed, or we're hoping that by asking these questions, you can at least begin to at least look at your own relationship. Mm-hmm. Like it's asking these questions have caused us to look at ourselves. Like what is, is what is healthy and normal in our own marriage? Right. Like if I love Ryan, what does that mean? Do I still like love him when he's not lovable? Right. <laughs> I, am I? It, that can only happen if I if I'm really defining you know what mm-hmm. love is correctly. Like love is not just. I mean, we talk about it's covenantal, right? It's it's alive and active. It's not just yeah. a contract. So let's. So when we're gonna get out, we're gonna get into that. But the question is this: Is do you and your spouse love each other? That's the simple question. And do you know slash feel loved? Do you know you're loved, or do you feel you're loved by your spouse? Yeah. I think those are the big questions we want to ask. And here's how we can help help you answer that is it starts with your belief about love, as Selena was saying. It's mm-hmm. not just a feeling, right? Love is bigger. It's a it's a covenantal it's a covenantal decision right. Right. to act out the the biblical definition of love. Right. It's Christ is love personified. So it's we believe because we're Christian mm-hmm. and evidence I think would support this mm-hmm. is that by knowing and being loved by Christ, we were able to know and love each other. Right. We love because he first loved us. Right. And, and that is the fountain from which all of our love flows. And right. we can show God is gracious, right? He's given us this idea of common grace that we can have, we can have affections with other people, mm-hmm. but they're deepened only by, by the empowering love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. They're deepened and strengthened. And I think form into what God designed them to be right. selfless, pure, you know, motivated by selfless love right and that's i mean if you compare the definition to of love to what culture might define love as you'll see it that god's god's way of love is very selfless right it's unconditional and the way that the world defines love to us is is selfish and self-seeking very contractual very uh conditional and god is saying you know i i love you as you are, like I would send Jesus while you were still sinning, I sent Jesus. Mm. And I think the the biggest question, well, not the biggest question, but knowing, loving your spouse well and helping them to feel loved means that you know them and you know how they receive love. Because all too often we project it the way that we feel love onto our spouse, which is nothing new. And we probably don't mm. need to sit here for hours and hours. But if I know that physical touch is, is one of the ways that Ryan feels love, then I'm going to go out of my way to do that. Is that the way I feel love? Nope, not necessarily. But if I am loving him selflessly and I want him to know that he's loved, to feel that he's loved, then I'm going to make that effort to show him that I love him uh, in a way that he understands and feels and it fills right. up his, his love bucket. <laughs> right. Um, so it comes from a place of of asking how can I how can I show you and, and evidence to you this yeah. commitment and feeling of loving you. Yeah. And that's where you contrast it against the worldly view, which is, hey, lo- love, quote unquote, I'm using quote fingers, mm-hmm. love in the world's view is what can I get from you? And as soon as I stop getting that thing from you, mm-hmm. we're done. Yeah. That contract is up. You talked about a contract versus covenant. Uh, but the biblical view is, what can I give to you? Not what can I get from you, but what can I give to you? How yeah. can I serve you? Mm-hmm. It was Matthew uh, Matthew 20, Jesus, and he said it multiple times in chapter 19 and chapter 21 as well, mm-hmm. is a servant did not come to be served. Jesus, like, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. Man, yeah. The Son of Man did not yeah, come to be served, but to serve. The king, right. it, it's completely upside down. The king is not there to be served. He's there to serve. Right. And so 
that's that's a biblical model of love is right. I'm not here to be served by you. I'm here to love you. Not that I'm your king per se, right. but as your husband and as your, your partner in life, your spouse, my goal is not to just extract from you what I want, but it's right. to give to you. And I think that's, that you know, it's hard to do when we, when our spouse doesn't, we don't feel like loving them or they don't, they seem they're very undeserving of love, mm-hmm. maybe because of some choices they've made. And in First John 4, 7, 8, God, Jesus says, beloved, let us love one another for love. Is it? John says John, this. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, just baby brain over here. Beloved, <laughs> let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and shows and knows God. Anyone mm. who does not love does not know God because God is love. Um, and then we were talking about how that next section talks about how God is love, you know, right. and it's, well, the, before that was a testing of the spirit. Sorry, that was a, it's another funny. conversation. It's a during conversation, but it's, it's, it kind here, of pertains here's why it's to here because relevant. it's comparing the world's, yeah. Here we go. Cause God, cause the world says, Hey, God is love, man. Like everything goes, love is love. <laughs> yeah. Love right. Is God, like God is God love. Is How is dare love. you like, question it? It's and, interchangeable. <laughs> and it's funny because that is the verse that a lot of people will, pro- will, will proof text to right. support whatever they whatever they call love. Right. Because God is love, man. And I say this is love. So we're talking about the same thing. And I'm using man because it's usually with this like really loose, loosey-goosey yeah. kind of view of God's word. Right. Well, it's ironic because in that, the verses one through six, I think of First John so, chapter yeah. four, he says, test the spirits. And here's how you know that they're from, the, they're from God is that they will profess yeah. that Jesus Christ came in the flesh from God. Right. Okay. What did Jesus Christ do when he came in the flesh? He fulfilled the covenant. He fulfilled the law. Not just part of the law, the entire law. Right. The entire law, okay? The moral law, the sac- the which we're still we're still uh we're still compelled to uphold, but also the sacramental law or whatever the uh, I can't remember what it's called, the um anyway, it's the part of the law like you have to go through these steps to get into oh, the temple, ceremonial, ceremonial law. law. Thank you. Yeah. So he fulfilled all that. Mm-hmm. So God is love, yes, but God is also holy. God He's is also just. just. Right. God is also merciful. Right. God is also, you know, a bunch of other things. Right. And so I guess that's the that's where we're coming around to this question is, do you have love in your marriage? That is from God. And everything, yeah, and that's, that that's from God. And everything reflects. after this is going to come from this. It's right. not healthy and normal for couples to to shout at each other with angry vitriol, right? Mm -hmm. And to swear at each other. That's not healthy and normal. Mm -hmm. I'm just letting you know. If you say, oh, we're just loud processors. Okay, it's okay to be loud processors, but it's not okay to degrade each other. Right. I think I think fighting in marriage is, is inevitable and it can be healthy and you can fight in a healthy way. I'm not right. saying you never fight. Right. I'm just saying I would never call you a derogatory name. Right. Because I love you. I'm not looking to tear you down. I'm looking to maybe figure something out with you. Yeah, I think love allows you to be committed to figuring things out with each other, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, I love you and I'm not going anywhere, so we're going to work this out and it's and i'm assured of that because of Mm -hmm. the love that you know has grown in you from god and um and and are we going to get into like communication and uh we've got sex and intimacy i feel like communication overlaps all of these things (laughs) so let's just touch on that a little bit we're not going to hit it directly but it's not healthy and normal for a couple to in fighting or in passing and mumbling to say I should have married someone else or I should, Gosh, I should, yeah. we, should we should just get a divorce. That's yeah. not healthy or normal. Yeah. It's it, not, you shouldn't be flippant with those. It might be normal for your marriage. It's not healthy. It's is what I'm not saying. healthy it's, yet. It's never should those words be flippant or even said. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I don't know if we've ever said those things to each other. No, no. Well, and cause it's such 
deep water when you say that. I feel like right, and it's such it an affront. Be. And if it's, it's not, basically throwing your entire marriage yeah. under the bus, mm-hmm. your entire commitment to each other, you're throwing it under the bus and saying just so flippantly, mm-hmm. those are words of a fool. They really are. And so it's not healthy for that to happen in right. terms of communication. It's not healthy for marriages to go for weeks or, or months without any meaningful conversation. Right. It's not healthy or normal to just talk about, hey, where are we carting the kids off this week? Yeah. How's uh, your day? Okay, good. The weather, <laughs> yeah. sports. You need to be getting into some Deep. deeper heart stuff where we have a heart, soul, mind, body. Yeah. Right. Those Lots things to talk about when you <laughs> list it out like <laughs> those that. things. So like you're not just it's not just a you're not in a logistical relationship. You're right. in a, a, a relationship that is soul deep. Yeah. So it's not healthy or normal to go through even a day or a week and not having addressed what is your heart orientation toward the gospel? Right. How is your heart toward God? How is your heart toward me yeah. as your spouse? How is your heart toward our kids? When I think those conversations are more frequent when you're first diving in, you're kind of figuring out a new way, maybe a new way of communicating. You mean or diving a new, into the relationship? or When dive- you're diving into communicating well, I guess. Sure, okay. So like... You and I don't have deep conversations every single day, but we op- because we have them so frequently, I don't feel the pressure to just check off a list and say, like, I need to do this. It's more of like, I'm feeling in my heart that we're getting distant and we need to talk. Like, mm. we need to connect through communication or maybe we need to connect physically, but there's this distance that I'm feeling and I'm choosing not to ignore it anymore. Mm. I don't, it's not good to ignore that. It's not normal yeah. to say... Well, we just talked like yesterday, but there's still something kind of itching at me. Maybe it's just me. It's fine. I'll work it out. Like, no, it's okay to bring things to to the surface mm-hmm. when you feel them and not ignore them, but also don't feel like you have to have this deep, meaningful yeah. conversation every day. I feel like you start establishing different levels, different levels of, of unity right. and um, communication. And so there's this underlying assurance, at least with us. That I'm like, yeah, we're good. Like, I feel confident about us. I feel like God is at work, that we know what's going on in each other's hearts and minds. Yeah. Well, if and if communication roots back to love, right. all these deep questions come from a deep desire to love you. And I can only love the parts of you that, I, that are known by me. Yeah. So there's this genuine curiosity that says, what is going on in your heart? I want to know you. Right. What's going on in your mind? There's many episodes in the past we've done we've done what we call the heart check mm-hmm. for this exact purpose. What yeah. books in your hand? What voices in your ear? What's God stirring right. in your heart? Simple questions to just promote what God is, what God's doing in your heart, and how you can love each other. Because it's it's, it's an easy way. Because sometimes you'll be sitting down like I didn't have a, a conversation, and I just don't naturally feel curious. But yeah. if I ask you what book are you reading, yeah. then I can start asking. Oh, why do you like that character? Or what is why do you like that passage right. out of this book? Right. Or what, why is God stirring that? You know what I mean? So you can start yeah. actually. Well, I think even just having that conversation of what is God stirring in your heart, that might be new to people and that might be fresh and something yeah. they're like, I don't really know. And that's okay to say, I don't know, but only like the first time, <laughs> then you need to start yeah. having those, having some more thoughts about it. But I think we can talk about communication quick. a lot. Yeah. And so I just want to close with this last thought okay. is it's, if the overall tone of your communication is, is, um, trite it's sarcastic it's degrading it's maybe you're always yelling cold or fighting or, or it's even distant, cold yeah. or distant i'm just telling you that that's not healthy and it shouldn't be normal yeah and i think if, if you're struggling with that communication a lot of time takes a long time to get to that place and it will probably take a long time to get out of that place right. and so there are other podcasts that we've done on communication mm-hmm. but first thing to 
to do, I think, is to bring other people into your relationship who can help you, whether it's a pastor, yeah. a biblical counselor, yeah. uh, or somebody who's discipling you. Or a mentor has, couple that yeah. is just invested in advocating for you guys and can say, hey, you know, the way you talk to each other really is not, it's not healthy. It's not loving. It's not the way God wants us to communicate with each other. Yes, there are heated situations. Yes, you're going to have some blow ups probably here and there. It's just naturally what happens mm-hmm. when two people live together. But overall, I think there's room for improvement and not just because you want to be a better Christian or whatever, but because God wants you to experience his love mm. through your communication with your spouse. I think there's just deeper levels of things that we have not experienced and we don't know until we engage and obey and say, God, you've given my, me so much grace in this area. Like I mm. want to obey and I want to follow your word. Help me, give me the tools, show yeah. me the people, how I can do this. Like for the people in my life. And as you're putting these into different categories in your own mind, think of them like this, because this helps me a lot is there's kind of, there's sins of aggression and there's sins of passivity. Mm. Right. And so it's the sins of aggression would be, we're, you know, we're using aggressive tones. We're being just mean to each other. Yeah. We're yelling. We're saying things we shouldn't say. Yeah. Sins of passivity is you're just dismissive to each other. Yeah. You're cold to each other. You go Short to bed with without a, you know, yeah. you go to bed at different times and you're in your on your phones and you're just completely shut off. That's yeah. passivity. So look at it in those terms. And those those two things go together with the next things we're going to talk about as well, which the next one is, uh, are we ready? Time yeah. and priorities? Yeah. Is it next on the priority list? <laughs> <laughs> next on the priority list. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that... Our time and priorities are just an indication of what's kind of going on in our heart. Um, Not to say that busy people don't have good things going on in their hearts and lives, but for us, we found that uh, when we are too busy for each other, then we're too busy. And when our, Hmm. if we're not making time to intentionally, again, communicate well with each other, talk about things that matter, um, go on a date uh, mm. you know, I've had friends say like, I just don't feel like we're friends anymore. We just kind of are together and sort of, we don't really know what that means. We're just kind of like, Hey, how's your day? Do we just go through the normal checklist of questions? But mm. it's like your hearts and your souls are just, they're so dry and they want that friendship. They want that connection. And a lot of times our time and priorities are they are opposing that and yeah Yeah. it's hard for us to understand like what is normal like shouldn't my kids be doing sports and stuff and shouldn't i shouldn't they be going to school and doing all these things and it's like well i you know you guys got to kind of discern for yourselves through that but i think the first things first is you know is god is god again at the center we take on this concentric circle type view versus kind of a checklist because a checklist can has become burdensome for us personally the checklist being god first family next right. you know or wife or husband or whatever right. and, and then it's kids like and okay sometimes yeah. for us it just magnifies the failure right like oops didn't do those didn't wasn't intentional about that whereas we yeah but if we're and not that the concentric is like more of an excuse to fail i don't think at all i think it's more of a holistic approach because we are loving God, God is first. And how does, how does God at the center flow out into the other circles? Exactly. It permeates of, every aspect yeah, of, the, of, of our relationships priority. with our kids and well with each other, with our kids and then into the community. Yeah. Um, I think that's where we just can be overwhelmed if we're, there's no real sense of order in, in terms of God, not just being on a one, two, three, but him being the entire of our being of our lives. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what's what's healthy? What's not healthy in this arena? Right. I think it's it's it, okay. Have this you is gone not on a date? 
Well, this is not something that we've got dialed. Yeah, right? we're no. constantly having to tweak the knobs <laughs> and figure out what is what is important to us. Just recently, we went on what we called the first annual Frederick Summit, <laughs> where yeah. we it was just honestly it was a day we stayed home in the office and we just we got on the whiteboard, just hashed out some stuff, and we hashed out this is everything that's in front of us right now. This some not all this can happen. Right. Some of this needs to happen now. Some of it needs to wait. I think the Beth Keys do this around January too. Like they yeah. do a summit, a family <clears throat> summit, which is so cool. And, and we do well. We do that as well for like our family vision statement, right? And we've we've so had that. More of a... This was more of a what do I need to work on while you're <laughs> like personally, Ryan? What does oh, Ryan okay. need to be working on so that I'm going the direction our family needs to head based on our family vision statement? Right. And I kind of needed to bounce stuff off of you. So I think kind of, uh, yeah, kind <laughs> of a whole lot I needed to. <laughs> so the question is, what is healthy? And right. and as we say this, just know that we're not we're not perfect in this area, but I think. It's not healthy to have you know separate despair uh, what um, totally different priorities as a husband and as a wife and have to be divided right. as a family. Right, it shouldn't be like two different schedules. Like, well, and you shouldn't be just like, all right, well, you do what you're going to do. I'm going to do what I, I'm going right. to do. Right, right. And you know, you got work, and I've got the kids, so I'm just going to put them in all the stuff. And we're not having conversations around that stuff. We're right. not having conversations around, you know our kids' education or how their spiritual formation. It's been interesting this summer just to be out with people in public and you see the interactions that people have with their kids and you're just like, wow, they just must be really unfamiliar with their children. Like they (laughs) don't know. And even with their spouse, they just, and I get it. Like we have some conversations getting out of the car with all the stuff. Right. And like, there's just, you're like, can you just get this? Like all these things, like, I get that, but when like the rest of the day goes on and you just see the interaction, you see the communication, you see that, like it just it's evident that those relationships have not been a priority mm-hmm. to them and i think that's been convicting to me but also enlightening to me to say okay wow we need to this is why we have time and priorities this is why we have summits and we talk yeah. about what's important and what's not and what's healthy for us and what's not because i think there's a lot of things that look healthy and seem healthy but really at the core if they're challenging you know where we're at with with our mm. spouse or where we're at with the Lord, then those things become not good things. So we root this back in love. I think we start to begin to see the, our, our model for health. Right. Okay. So love is patient, kind, you know, right. long suffering, gentle, all these, all these aspects. Right. Okay. So our, our priorities should be an outflow of our love and our unity as a couple. Mm-hmm. Here's what's not healthy. What's not normal for a couple to be d- divided. That's not healthy. A couple should, a, a marriage and a family, you're on the same team. Right. And you should be headed in the same direction. That should be evident, I it feel It should like be evident. To... And you and even the kids should be on that right. team. They're, they're, the teams. They're not just like, <laughs> they're not just tag-alongs in a papoose or whatever. <laughs> and you're not just going to carry them the right. whole way. Like they need, they're team players. They need to be part of this. Right. And so it's, I think it's healthy to get on the same page and say, here's what our family cares about. Mm-hmm. And love would have us care about eternal things mm-hmm. okay so if your family and this is again this is in the world not of it so this is not a normal thing worldwide mm. worldview wise in terms of what the secular worldview is but if if your entire life as a family revolves around sports or revolves around some sort of hobby whether it's hunting or fishing or whatever and it's to okay hear me hear me here and it's to the detriment mm. of the rest of your family all right, say there's a husband who has a, 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 a hunting hobby that is just, it takes all the money, all the time, every weekend, 
we have all the camping gear, we have everything we do, and it all revolves around this thing, and say the kids are not even part of that and the wife is not on board with that. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Probably a bad thing. Right. Not if it's out of balance. Thing. Right. It's it's okay to hunt. I'm not saying anything <laughs> I'm not saying anything against hunting itself right. or having all that stuff. You're saying, is there something that's dividing you from your, your exactly. spouse and your it's children? It's the divisive part right. of it that matters. Right. And that you could exchange whatever that activity is for any other activity. Right. right? For me, it would be really easy for me just to work all the time because I really enjoy it. I I feel like I can create things and I can express myself personally through the work that I get to do. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> what are you laughing at? Just, just like the color outside the lines. <laughs> like being myself. <laughs> like your artistic flair that's coming out right now. Um, well, I feel, well, it's enjoy, I enjoy it. I know, and so it'd be so easy to be self selfish in that and be like, well, I'm providing for our family. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah, you might be providing money, but you're not providing your presence. care, your presence, <laughs> your spiritual leadership, yeah. your tender, loving care. <laughs> I had to add tender, loving care in there. Um, and so anyway, I think it's just getting those priorities in line mm-hmm. and I'll end with this and then I'd love to hear anything you want to add, but I think, (laughs) thanks. (laughs) Sorry. If a husband and wife are not in unity and in lockstep, that's, I would say that's probably not healthy. It probably shouldn't be normal. Yeah. I think, you know, what's normal is that you, we will have disagreements, right? Priorities and time will inevitably produce conflict and discord with each other. Discord meaning we, we, we are going to have arguments. We, Ryan, I still have arguments. There's still some distance and disengagement sometimes around, What's a priority? What's not? You know, again, we've we've kind of worked out our weekly schedule that's worked for a very long time to have, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays open for kind of a a couple to come over that we may not actually have uh, intentional like weekly time with. So somebody out of the ordinary, we know those two days are available. We try to only fill one. You know, we have community group on Wednesdays, and one of us has a Bible study maybe another day. But we've really tried to keep it. And then Fridays are family night, right? Because of you know, what's a priority to us? Where do we want our mm-hmm. time? Even when we have disagreements, when things come up, it's okay. Those are going to happen. We need to pray, seek counsel, work through them. Mm-hmm. Um, all because we're under this covenant of love and God has created it, the marriage covenant to be able mm-hmm. to withstand these things. Um, and, but we shouldn't, what's not normal is for us to just, again, like you said, not connect and mm-hmm. to have cold conversations um, about our priorities and to just let our schedules dictate our lives instead of us right. creating that that family culture, that schedule that is really fulfilling the Great Commission and fulfilling yeah. what God has uh, encouraged and purposed us for, right? Which is to bring Him glory and to love right. Him and to show Him to the world. So we root this, everything we've talked about is rooted in these these scriptures, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love Love each other as you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then, okay. That's the, that's kind of a big, that's a big command. Then we have the great commission, which is go forth, make disciples, um, baptizing in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're called to make disciples. We're called to love each other. So all these things should inform our priorities Mm -hmm. and root ourselves in those. And as we, we ignore those, we ignore them to our detriment. Mm-hmm. We ignore them to the, at the cost of our health mm-hmm. as a couple and, and the cost of our health as individuals. Mm-hmm. And so the way we ignore them, and we've already talked about all this, but is, again, put them in categories, the sins of passivity, sins of aggression. Sins mm-hmm. of passivity is you just kind of let the default be the default. Don't speak up. Don't rock the boat. Don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Sins of aggression is you actively, you know what's right and you're going against it or you're actually, you, you're, you know, you're basically a perpetrator in mm. this where you are 
overloading yeah. your family with burden or with, you know, your, with wrong priorities. Mm-hmm. And so it chokes out the, the correct ones. Right. Another clear one is, and, and then we'll go, go to the next, but church. All right. So church attendance is, we don't do it for our salvation, but we do it because it's for our health and it's for our good to be a part of a body of believers mm-hmm. that is celebrating the gospel on a weekly basis. Right. Is that where we get all our spiritual formation? No. Mm-mm. It's where we get reminded of the gospel. It's where we get reminded that we're not alone mm-hmm. in this. It's where we get reminded that we are part of a body of believers that's bigger than us. It's international. Mm. It's global, the global church. We're part of a church that's planting churches. That needs to be a priority in our lives. It needs to be a priority financially. It needs to be a priority in our time. Needs to needs to be a priority in our talent as mm-hmm. well. Okay, let's move on to the next one because <laughs> we, we're a little bit short on time. So, sex and intimacy. I think okay. it just goes right into it very naturally because yeah. if well, because church and sex go right hand in hand. Not church and sex, the priorities. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh. I'm sure somebody could draw a conclusion there, a line, but I don't Some have sort of theological brain space for that. Yeah, but what. We always get questions about sex, like what's healthy, what's normal, what's okay. And these are good questions, and they stem from a sincere place, I think, uh, in the heart. But we obviously want to start with what what does the Bible say about sex? You know, it's a gift that we should, we can Mm -hmm. enjoy, that God created. He gave to us to be enjoyed as a married couple. It's exclusive to the marriage bed. There's no third parties, which we talk about. You know, and we, we will yeah. talk about in terms of like pornography or um, any type of screen or anything that might be brought into the marriage bed. It's it's very powerful. Sex is powerful more than just yeah. a physical connection. You know, it's it's the intertwine of souls that can produce some deep unity. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big underlying thing here is that sex is good, right? And that's what you started out by saying is mm-hmm. that it's an actually is actually a good, intrinsically good thing. And so often what we hear from couples is, and it's... <laughs> It's really tragic is that we will hear couples uh, how they have not been intimate in in a month or more or mm-hmm. two months or three months or they've basically had sex just enough times to have a kid and then it's pretty much stopped yeah since then and my first thought is oh man that's that that is a that's a big red flag yeah it's a big red big red flag first what how are they how are they even maintaining their 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 connection and their love it's right. not that sex has to happen okay but i'm saying that if that is it it's absolutely critical critical for the health of a marriage and if you can't do it for some physical reason yeah if you can't do it for for some reason like that or maybe some health reason i honestly can't see a compelling reason to not maintain your connection intimate in your intimate lives right and i think you know we have to take into consideration obviously sexual past and and pain that may have have happened course, to to course, one yeah. of one or both spouses um but again there's obviously some healing that can happen and god is at work and able to use any brokenness um so i think what i've seen though is that people will you know even couples that were even virgins when they got married yeah they don't have a sexual past and they weren't you know they weren't um, abused abused in any way that they have a skewed view of sex and it's affecting their freedom Mm. to express their love in that way and we have to we have to see sex as a healthy thing a good thing a god-designed thing and then we find healthy rhythms there's that word that you love in the context that you love (laughs) uh to 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 actually build your intimacy and sustain it over time right and finding what is a healthy healthy frequency like you said but i just want to read a quote from our book i'm pretty sure you wrote this part um 
I think you wrote the sex chat. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, sex is good as it is, is as good as it is powerful. I've come to view sexuality like a sort of atomic force. In its proper place, it binds you together, but when wielded without caution, it levels cities and the fallout renders them uninhibitable. We must be careful. Uninhabitable. Habitable. Hopefully that's not a typo. Nope. (laughs) Okay. Probably just a (laughs) reader error. We must be careful to understand God's design for sex and its role in marriage while grasping our cultural context. Sex is a gift and a blessing, but just as with any gift, it must be stewarded with wisdom. When we understand God's parameters around and purpose for sexuality, our enjoyment is maximized and God's glory is amplified. So we see... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I definitely see that in in our own marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever we are nailing it <laughs> That's That's such a i you know i knew that was going to be a bad thing to say when it came out whenever we're whenever we're getting it right <laughs> is that <laughs> there's just so many in you and those landmines you can't here. really just say yeah so when we're in a healthy place with this in our lives right. it it it's obvious it's in obvious every way and it helps yeah. us and it amplifies god's glory because we it's it's a. Uh, that We're health, able... our health amplifies his glory. Our right. health, it, we worship him in a different way. And I'm not trying to make too close of a correlation, but I'm saying that it only c- contributes to our health. Right. It only contributes to God's glory. It right. never detracts. It never detracts from our health or God's glory. Right. And there are purposes for sex, right? God made these <laughs> procreation being one, you know, that's obvious in the Bible. Unity, Ephesians five, twenty eight and twenty nine, in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Mm-hmm. He who loves his wife yeah. loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ is the church. Okay, I want to hang on that one for a little bit okay. because it is not healthy or normal for a husband or a wife to hold sex over their spouse's head as a means of negotiation or as right. a means of getting things that they want out of them. This happens in a, a number of ways, but I see I see it too common where a husband will manipulate his wife into doing something in bed that she does not want to do. Mm. Wherever he got that idea, it didn't get it from her. Right. And so he's bringing something in, some other outside influence and saying, if you love me, you'll do this thing. Mm. And that is not normal. That's it's not, not healthy. That's not it's love. not loving. Yeah. Okay. A woman or a husband should never be coerced or, or made to forced feel degraded or, or made to feel in yeah. any way to do something that they is either against their conscience or they just plain don't want to do it right. in bed. Now with that said, sex is there as a gift for me to give to you, for you to give to me. So as my, as, as your husband... I want to serve you in that way, meaning mm-hmm. that I'm if if there's something that about our sexual experience that is you're particularly that fond you, of. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay that's to not talk how we talk in the that. bedroom, by the way. <laughs> well, and we no, we talk mm, about this. Are you this. fond of that? <laughs> are you fond of that? But no. I, then I'm going to want to I'm going to want to serve you in it's that nice way. It's nice to know where the buttons are, I guess. Is well, just what you're trying okay, to say. Okay, but also too. I feel I feel at liberty to go to you and, and with a request, right? Yeah. And say, "Hey, I really enjoyed this thing or I'd like to try this right. other thing as long as it's not against." And I've and we've had those conversations right. and it always comes around to, "Hey, I never want you to feel forced or coerced to do anything you don't want to do because ultimately I want to love you mm-hmm. and I want you to feel loved." Mm-hmm. It's not just the idea of, "Oh yeah, I love you. Now do what I want." It's, well, I it's want you to about, feel yeah. loved and honored and edified and, 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 and I don't know, what's the word? Just, and, and cherished mm. in the bedroom and mm-hmm. not just, you're not just a means to my end. Right. You are, you such, are the end. And I want, right. I want more of you, not just more of what you can give me. Right. And that's, it's a very short, nearsighted view to go into yes. the bedroom like that. Yes. And God has so much more. That's why he calls us to love each other 
selflessly and to give to one another. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay to explore and maybe try new things. And if you're comfortable with it, great. If not, it's okay. Like just talk about it. And that's one of the, the little knobbies, the numbers on here. <laughs> this is really getting bad. It's a bullet. It's a, <laughs> a bullet, bullet, not point. a knobby. <laughs> I'm calling it a knobby. <laughs> Um, but again, just to recap kind of some things about sex that we talk about in our book as well as just, you know, the, it has many purposes and the three that we've kind of outlined is, uh, procreation, uh, unity, and, um, to point us to the gospel, you know, Genesis mm. two twenty four is therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Um, mm-hmm. the word one flesh is, is levasar. I don't know how to, that's the Hebrew word for it, which yeah. stems from basar, which means to bear good tidings or to, procla- bleh, to proclaim good news right and i'm curious to know if there's a correlation between that word for flesh that hebrew word for flesh not granted i wrote this part (laughs) um and if there's a and the flesh of god of jesus in the flesh if there's Mm. a if there's a if there's a correlation Correlation. there now obviously the new testament's not written in hebrew it's in it's in greek so it's it's going to be some difference there right but i can say this and you're going to read an excerpt but as i was writing this and doing the study for it my mind was literally blown and (laughs) at the correlation between the human sexual experience within marriage and proclaiming the good news of the gospel and it comes from this this idea that i'm fully known and fully loved in this moment right in the bedroom when i'm completely naked and unashamed back Mm -hmm. like adam and eve were in the garden I'm completely exposed to you, yeah. flaws and all, you know, and, and still fully loved. And that, that action of love, of consummating our marriage, of being physically intimate right. is as visceral an experience a human can have. And if that doesn't correlate to how I'm fully known, fully loved, and fully naked before God right. and in Christ... And the fact that Christ is the is the is the bridegroom and the church is his bride. Yeah, I mean, come on. There's so many correlations there. Right. So I think having that understanding and that expression of love within marriage does remind us of the expression of love in the gospel. Right. And I think you pretty much covered that as far as what I was going to talk about with the book because that's exactly what it says. But you also talk about um, drink water from your own cistern, and that's yeah. I know that's kind of something that rings pretty true in your heart with Proverbs 5, 15 through 19. Yeah. Um, talking about, you know, God's purpose with sex and how it's not, you know, like we said, there shouldn't be anybody else involved. It's well, your, why don't you read, read, uh, read the scripture I don't know if you want to read there. the four verses <laughs> or five. Yeah, go ahead and read them. It says, drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of waters in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always in her love. I think we read this like two weeks ago, too. Well, we, well, we did the Focus on the Family thing. Yeah. So we yeah. just did an article for Focus on the Family. I think we'll probably do a podcast on this passage in yeah. the near future. But I love that he's compelling us to drink of this water flowing mm. from this cistern that's exclusively for us. Right. Right. It's not just like, hey, watch it, look at it, look how cool it is. But it's like partake in what's what's flowing there. Experience it. It's a very active thing, but it shouldn't be scattered abroad. It's not. It's not normal or healthy to bring other people, and you you touched on this, other things into the marriage bed. Yeah. Now. There's a lot of room and there's a lot of room for conversation around this, but there's not room for conversation in the biblical worldview for pornography in the marriage bed. Hmm. A lot of couples will, will they'll use pornography as a means of arousal. Right. And that is 
against the spirit of unity, the spirit of exclusivity mm -hmm. for sex. It's against the spirit of purity. Yeah, it's very lustful and self-serving. Yeah, why would we? Why would we need that when I I have literally I have the most beautiful woman that I can see. <laughs> In my, you know, right there in my right, grasp. Right, and Like that should, that should be enough and, and I should be enough for you. Right. Hopefully more yeah, than I'll, enough. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and, and it's not okay if, if you're like, oh, it's okay if my husband washes it. Like there's no permission. There's no okay. Right. <clears throat> there's no way that this is healthy or serving you mm. long term in a, in a godly way. There's no way. And yeah. so no, no one should be having permission, yeah. giving permission, you know, saying this is okay because it's just not. It's just not, and I think the Bible's. I don't know. I feel like it's pretty clear. Again, there's a lot of there's a, there's gray around some parts of of the sexual experience in a Christian context. I think there's some gray. There's some room for conversation and charity. There's also some room for some absolutes. Right. And this is one of the things that we're drawing the line on. We're saying it is not healthy to have pornography included in your marriage in any way, mm. whether that's personally if you're if you're using it to just uh, get your satisfaction outside of sex, outside mm -hmm. of sex with your spouse. Um, that's not okay. If you're using it to, to maintain or, uh, or, you know, find arousal mm -hmm. in the bedroom, um, or to fantasize or in any way, think about any third party mm. that's not healthy. Yeah. And therefore we're going to say it shouldn't be normal right. in your marriage. Now, unfortunately what we hear is normal is a lot of couples, like I said, will mm -hmm. have their sexual experience with each other will be few and far between. Right. Or the husband will be up late at night and the wife has gone to bed and, and he's clearly addicted to pornography and she is for some reason not realizing it. Mm -hmm. And he's finding all this sexual satisfaction online while she is, right. you know, starving in yeah. bed. That's not healthy. That's not normal. If you're normal. not having sex, you need to talk about why you're not having sex. <laughs> and, and, I, and only too prescriptive and say, hey, you need to have sex this, this amount of times. Okay, I'm not going to say that because every couple's different. The bottom line is you need to know and find what's healthy for you and you need to um, express yourselves into each other so that you're being heard and you're not just... I'm going to be bold and say it should be at least once a week. <laughs> I think for most couples, it should, for most average couples, yeah. barring any mental illness, physical illness, any anything else, right. I think a couple times a week is probably a good target right. for most couples. Mm -hmm. Now, there's obviously exceptions to that, and that's where I want to be sensitive to those and not be too too prescriptive. Right. Now let's talk about the sins of passivity and aggression here. Oh, We've talked about okay. that a little bit. Okay. Where you go into kind of the default mode. Mm -hmm. Passivity is you've you know that your sex life is stru struggling, but you're saying nothing, doing nothing to change it, to fix it, right. to communicate through it. I'm going to say that's not healthy and right. that shouldn't be normal. Um, the sins of aggression, I think we've already talked about some of those where yeah. you're basically using sex as a tool to yeah. get what you want, using your spouse as a sexual tool to get what you want, or right. using sex itself as a negotiating chip, as right. a bargaining chip, to get something else outside of sex that you right. want. Right, and I would I would venture to say, you know, the again, like we said, these are not normal, and if you are feeling any of this, and you're like, I just don't even know how to talk to my spouse about that, like, ask, ask somebody you trust that knows the Lord, that loves you guys, that is, again, advocating for your marriage, whether that is a mentor couple, a pastor, a, counsel, a Christian counselor, Get someone, get some tools, some tangible tools on how to open that conversation mm. if you are just really struggling with with disconnection in this area and you're yeah. not having sex, you're not That's engaging, good. you fear that there's a porn addiction there. Um, just get get some people involved at this level. This is the only mm -hmm. level, obviously, to get somebody involved and start having those conversations, get some tools in hand about how to open those doors and then how to deal with some of those big emotions that are probably going to blow up at first. And some of it's easier than you'd think. Okay. okay. So, uh, and that's all excellent advice. And I just want to add to that. 
like this book that we're talking through right now, or at least brushing on Fierce Marriage, the book mm-hmm. that we wrote a little while ago, it talks about all this stuff mm-hmm. and it has questions at the end. So if you guys can invest even <laughs> yeah. just even just a few minutes every every day or right. maybe like 30 minutes a week to go through a chapter a week, we're yeah. actually going to launch an online course version of this in the very near future. And so you'll have that tool to use as well. It's actually not that hard if you have, you, basically you're using the book as just a distraction. Just questions, yeah. <laughs> like we've read this book. Now let's talk about the ideas. Yeah. And at some point, let's talk about the each other right and so it's not you don't have to have this big confrontational conversation you can actually just get maybe bring in some outside resources yeah like you said can we talk about resources yeah or can we talk about with other people because sometimes i don't know conversations initially might be a little heated or defensive Mm -hmm. but anyway so those are some things that are not normal what is normal i think for in a healthy you know god-centered christian Mm -hmm. marriage yeah you know, we set a target of a two to three times a week and then um, discuss needs and desires and wants yeah. openly with no pressure. You know, help it just helps each other know how to love each other well, yeah. know each other's yeah. past and how you can lovingly like navigate those areas mm-hmm. depending, you know, what you what hurt has happened and what kind of help and care you might need. Yeah. And the last one is just talk, 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 talk. It's good to communicate before sex, during sex, and after sex. Just talk. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to have a conversation. It's okay to talk intimately with each other. That is your bedroom. Like that is what you, you know, be edifying to each other and yeah, love each other. Yeah, that's the big one is be edify- but, edifying. But, yes. But, but feel free to yeah, talk. To yeah, to talk. And so, again, we're just trying to ask a few hard questions here because we want our desire and hope is for that, is for you to ask these hard questions, to go into places that you may not want to always mm-hmm. go to, right? The closet mm-hmm. that everything's just kind of stuffed into and you're like, it's fine in there. Like we're good, but go there in, in trust and in without fear that God's yeah. big and able to handle all the neediness, all of the yeah. questions, all of the blowups. And he wants to, because there's, there's hope and there's joy on the other side. There's unity to be had. There's joy in the valleys, peace in the storms, love from Jesus that is experienced through our spouse and there's hope uh, when we open these these dark places. That's good. I'm almost thinking about cutting this into two parts. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> we're going a little bit long, but I think that covers it. And again, you guys, we're not trying to be too preachy with this. We've looked at our own marriage and we continue to and say, "Hey, is that normal? Is, right. Or should is that, that be normal? Healthy? Is it is okay? it healthy for us to you know talk in this way where we're maybe yelling too much <laughs> or we get too lazy with our conversations or we you know, we're always having to recalibrate. Or why so, are we fighting? Why are we? There's like, always some other thing yeah. that's not healthy that's brewing under the surface. And so it's important to always take your your pulse and just letting you know that we're not here preaching from some tower where we figured it out. We've got all the secrets, but rather <laughs> we're just kind of hashing through it in real time. Yeah. So let's pray. And then we've got to, we've got to call it an episode. Okay. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word that is um, fruitful in our lives. I pray that you would um, cause it to bear even more fruit in in our lives and in the lives of the listeners. I pray for healthy marriages across the globe, the people listening to this podcast. I pray that it would spark a new um, a, a new wildfire of health in their marriage. And I pray for the, the husbands and the wives who are struggling and listening mm-hmm. to this. I pray that you would just be their source of hope, their source of peace, mm-hmm. their source of encouragement and their source of joy through whatever season in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, this episode is. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we will see you in about seven days. Until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit 
FierceMarriage.com, or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If our ministry has blessed you, we'd be honored to partner with you on Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. There are benefits to being a partner, but more than anything, you get to be part of making the Fierce Marriage podcast possible. To learn more, go to Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Fierce Marriage. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.